Hello and welcome to Two Sides to Every Story. I'm Lauren and I'm Neurotypical. And I'm Austin and I'm not Neurotypical. We're here this week to talk to each other about quirks or habits that need some further explanation. Everyone has oddities about them, some a little more odd than others. Hopefully you'll listen and you'll find one of our views relatable and it'll help you feel a little less alone in the world. As always, we're not professionals, nor are we seeking to give advice. This is just our lived experience as we see it. So with that, let's get into it. Good afternoon, Austin. <laughs> um, we are actually recording this a little later than like normal. So it is Saturday. It is the weekend. Some exciting stuff happened today. So how was your week this week? You're not going to elaborate on what happened today? Well, I was going to elaborate, but I was um going to give you a chance to talk about how your week was first. Maybe introduce the exciting thing that happened. I don't know. Um. Well, my week was good. I um, It's getting towards the end of the semester, so I'm really excited about that. Ready for the summer to start. So I'm procrastinating a lot more towards the end, um, which I think is natural, but... My week was good. Um, how was your week? Do you want to tell us about this exciting thing? Yes, I will. Sorry, audio listeners, if there's lots of clinking, clanking, bumping of the microphone, because we don't normally film on the weekends, and Austin doesn't take any medication on the weekends. And so there's lots of touching of the microphone, um wiggling of the microphone grabbing of the microphone (laughs) while actively talking so apologies for that audio experience if it is going to sound different than normal i don't know anyway yeah so the exciting thing that happened is for audio listeners that like listened back maybe five episodes ago and we were talking about clothes and how we organize our clothes and i was like expressing my frustration about not having enough space for all of our clothes Well, we are one step in the right direction because today we got the first like set of furniture from our new bedroom set. I think about, I think we talked about it when we ordered it too, because it was like, oh my gosh, how adult are we that we're going to have like matching furniture? So the first thing came in today, it was a dresser. We had to like go pick it up, move it in. Like it said build, like customer build necessary or whatever but we just had to screw the legs on um but this thing was like literally 200 pounds the box was 195 pounds because it's like solid wood um and it is not light (laughs) so we had to move it all around the apartment like figure out where i wanted it in the room and also exciting we got a new rug i um ordered it not too long ago and it came because i was like oh, we're starting to get new furniture, so here's a new rug. So we did that. We, like, laid the rug out. It's one of those, like, it has two layers, like a grippy layer and then, like, a washable layer. Um, So it was kind of hard. We had to, like, lay out the grippy layer, which part of it was, like, under our bed. So we have to, like, lift the bed, wiggle it, put the bed down, lift it up, wiggle it. And then we had to do it all over again with the second layer. But it was fine. We, we got through it, and I really like it. I think it looks great. So I'm excited for the rest of our furniture to come. It should be maybe, like, next month. 
I think the next group of things is supposed to be like the bed and the nightstands. And it, it's saying like sometime around May. So I'm hoping we get it before our wedding. Anyway, but I just got really excited because we just put all that together. Anyway, you said that you had something that you wanted to talk about. I was just, I listened to a lot of podcasts. And um, I was just listening to one. And I don't know, it's just about growth mindset, kind of positive attitude kind of thing, which I generally have about a lot of things. Um, but I, it just, I don't know why, but I just kind of, my OCD's also been really bad this last like week. I feel like I say that every week, <laughs> but it's been bad and um, very bothersome. And for some reason, I just started thinking about um, having like, they mentioned, all right, yeah, this is where I, I started thinking about this. In the growth mindset thing, they started talking about the inner critic, and they were like, kind of how to have a positive relationship with your inner critic. Like, kind of don't like just outright dismiss it. Just be like, well, if it says like you're not good at something, just be like, okay, well, I'm not good at it yet, you know? that's the growth mindset because maybe you aren't good at it. You know, if you fail this exam, maybe you aren't good at it, but you're, you can become good at it, you know? So, um, it was like kind of describing that. And I was just thinking like, I wonder what it would be like to like try to have a positive relationship with like the OCD thoughts. And, um, you know, so I just started like, it's very hard to do, but instead of like dismissing them, I started, just, I spent most of the day thinking about them um, and trying to dissect them, which always, you know, I don't, it, it, you feel anxious a little bit and then I, it goes away as I really start to dissect the thoughts and kind of try to understand like why they're occurring and what's happening and, you know, why is it so bothersome? And then I started journaling and I journaled a lot today and, um, I kind of started writing down like, you know, not just OCD, I expanded it. Okay, now autism, ADHD, OCD, um, and and my inner critic. I wrote the inner critic down too. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go through one by one. Which ones already ask myself, like, which ones do I have a positive relationship with? Okay, I, like, autism, like, I don't feel like, I mean, it's just like I'm autistic what kind of relationship is it's like completely within myself it's just an expression of myself so i feel like generally it's all positive you know so i was like okay that's fine adhd again like we talked about this last time i you know okay i'm hyperactive i take that as a part of my identity and i am like i can have i i is sometimes you know i get frustrated kind of like being expected to do things or being hard on myself by expecting myself to be act neurotypical, you know? So, I mean, I get frustrated, but generally positive thing, you know? And I feel like I am those things, you know? Not that I have them. But then I get to OCD and I've always said like, you know, I just always feel like, you know, I just have OCD, you know? And um, it is a toxic relationship. <laughs> And, um, I just started thinking about it and I, I don't know. I just started, I wrote a lot down about it and like what I thought like OC really is at its core. And I started to think like, I don't know, 
maybe I was maybe like what this is for me and I think it could vary you know a, a diagnostic criteria is a, is a large net that catches a lot of people that might not always have the same thing going on and um, I was thinking for me you know I really relate to being autistic and ADHD now and um, I started to think like you know I've very sensitive to certain things around my environment and um, I've always been really sensitive to like you know well I'm just sensitive to everything really um, there's not anything that I'm not sensitive towards and I started to think like do I have this thing that is OCD you know that I have these thoughts and I obsess over them is this something that is like its own thing and you know I started thinking like Maybe it's less of its own thing than I thought because, and there, I feel like I'm talking, just talking and you're not saying anything, but, um, and it's a little disjointed, so I apologize to the listeners, but when I journaled, I wrote out like, okay, I have a bad thought. I get anxious. There's two routes. I can A, either be able to let it go or think about it and it just goes kind of away on its own, take some energy causes me some anxiety but doesn't really get in some obsessive loop or b i can impulsively or compulsively the c and ocd um perform a habit that resolves my anxiety short term but makes another ocd thought pop up and then i perform a habit again and it makes another thought pop up and it just is a vicious cycle and i was thinking to myself i'm just like you know i really don't have to choose B. <laughs> I just, I don't have to. And I think it's the, in, not instinctual, but the, it's in the, it's the, it's impulsive. Like I don't think to do it. It's what I first do without thinking. It's what happens when I don't think. And, um, and I think that at its core is like kind of what OCD is for me. It's this inability to stop picking option B in the long term. I can do it. I can pick option A like, you know, occasionally when I'm having good days, good weeks, but option B is majority of what I choose. Okay. And, but I was just thinking like, I just, I don't think I really have to pick it. And then maybe I just pick option B, not because I have this thing called OCD, but rather like I was sensitive. I maybe did not have the skills when I was a kid to manage it. And, or I definitely didn't. And I also don't really think I had, and I still struggle. I, I don't think I had a good understanding of like what a thought is like a thought. And here, I'm going to ask you a question. It'll either support my theory or not, but like I have lots of thoughts and I feel like with ADHD too, I have like thoughts that are just all over the map all the time. But, um, a thought, having a thought isn't indicative of who you are is my theory here. <laughs> you know, it's just, you only have, it's only indicative of who you are if you agree with it or you act on it. Otherwise, it's just a thought. And like, I don't control my thoughts. They just pop into my head. And I assume that's like that for you, right? Yeah, I mean, like every person in the world has intrusive thoughts. It's just like, you think it and then it's like, oh, that was weird that I thought that, whatever, moving on. Everybody has intrusive thoughts, um, but not necessarily like compulsions obsession yeah i mean so what you're describing for yourself anyways you chose option a you just kind of let it go 
when I say the option A, option B, I break it down because option A isn't OCD. Having the intrusive thought isn't OCD. You know, it's picking B and performing that habit and getting in this vicious cycle, which just brings up more thoughts. So I don't even think that I have more intrusive thoughts than the normal person unless I keep choosing option B. I think that is what increases and makes me feel like I have more intrusive thoughts than everyone else. I think I do, but only because I pick option B and it just makes more, generates more because I think anxious. But I just want to complete the picture here really quick in that I'm saying like, I don't feel like I have to choose that option. And I think maybe in my case, I was sensitive, didn't have skills. And also I think to a certain extent, learned behaviors and habits and that this is how this is coped with these sorts of things is by performing some sort of habit in your mind. And then I kind of took that as I did. And I think maybe, cause I mean, I was like a certain age, they diagnosed me with it. Did I have it before then? You know, like it seems to me a very environmental thing in my case. Like I picked this up from my environment and, um, in that case, there's no reason that it shouldn't stop and that it can't stop necessarily. But I also want to say that being diagnosed with OCD, it kind of culminates in this question. I was diagnosed with OCD at a young age. I always thought, and then I was diagnosed with autism, ADHD later in life. And I took that as I was diagnosed with OCD. They overlooked two other diagnoses, but maybe they were just wrong in the first place completely. Maybe I didn't have OCD in that, in the, in actual sense, and that these were autistic and hyperactive traits being expressed in this way because this is how I learned to express them. That's very interesting that you just said that. Well, well no, 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 no. Okay. And I want to note that you have said this before. N- maybe not to the in the detail I just said it because I don't think there's no way you could have because it's not yours. And I've dismissed you because I, I don't know. I just, um, cause it's complicated, you know, but you can have the floor. Yeah, it is very complicated. And I, I will, well, okay. First things first, I think it's all about how you think about it. And I know like in the philosophical, scientific, psychiatric community, the kind of idea that like OCD, ADHD, other neurodiversity Tourette's is a part of the autism spectrum. You can think about it like, like we talked about it last episode. You have autism and then it's, you know, expressed, displayed the, you know, kind of symptoms, I guess you could say, that you struggle with are like ADHD and OCD. So it's like on the spectrum of, you know, autism in that way. Some, like, medical professionals have theorized that that is, like, how to diagnose things or possibly how to diagnose things or maybe that is how they are connected. I'm not saying that that is a fact. I'm not saying that that is even, like, what any medical professional has ever told either of us that I am aware of. Nobody's ever told that to me. I've just read it. And I've understood that kind of connection as a possibility. 
So if you think about it that way, then yeah, you wouldn't necessarily have OCD as a, its own separate diagnosis. You would have autism that expresses itself as harmful, like compulsions to intrusive thoughts. And that's like what you struggle with on the spectrum of autism. So yeah, so that's the thing that we have talked about before. And and I think we've kind of always agreed on that. Like, you know, maybe that's just a manifestation of, you know, how autism presents in your mind, body, and soul. <laughs> um, but yes, I think it is interesting that you said that the how to deal with your compulsions is possibly a learned behavior because I brought that up many times before and it has always led to an argument and hurt feelings. And I never intend for it to be that way. Like you said, it's very complicated and it's been your entire life and it's been a big struggle your entire life. And so I don't know if in the past it just felt like invalidating or if you just didn't want to accept it because it's just been something that you struggled with for so long and to think that it was like partially a learned behavior and like it wouldn't maybe be as bad as it is <laughs> like if it wasn't a learned behavior that's kind of always the context that we've talked about it in the past of like you struggle with very certain very specific things that m other members of your family also struggle with those very specific things. And so I always say, like, I think that's it's kind of a learned behavior because, like, why else would you be grappling to this very specific obsession if it wasn't that you saw somebody else struggling with that very specific obsession? Like, and so I think the kind of thought that, like, it wouldn't be as bad as if you weren't growing up watching it every single day is kind of hard pill to swallow. So that's interesting that you said that. And I'm not saying that it's true. I'm just saying it's, like, something to consider. Sounds like you have considered it. But I think there is something to be said. Like, you have other family members that struggle with intrusive thoughts and obsessing about them and performing rituals and compulsions surrounding those thoughts um ocd adhd autism like we've talked about before in past generations you know 50 60 70 years ago like people that were struggling with these things weren't getting the help that they are now they weren't being told the same things that they're told now they weren't going through the same therapies that they're going through now most of the time, thank God, because a lot of those therapies were very abusive and harmful, and those are changing, which is good. But, you know, it, it's it's the idea of generational trauma to a sense. Like, if, you know, say just hypothetically, like somebody's grandparent has OCD, and they're performing these rituals and compulsions, and then they have a kid who grows up seeing that they they think it's you know nor normal i guess quote unquote and they just continue to do it and they just see that anxiety and those unhealthy coping skills and then they just grow up thinking that they need to have that same anxiety about those same things and cope with it in the same way then that's one generation in which the anxiety has passed on to they're gonna have kids 
So, you know, then those grandkids are going to grow up and think like, oh, I need to be just, I need to be anxious about this thing because my, my grandparents are anxious about it and my parents are anxious about it. And the way to deal with the anxiety is by doing this. Like this is, every member of my family does this. So, you know, I, I must do it too. That must be what people do. You know, life's hard. This must just be a hard part of life that we are anxious about, you know, the dog running away or something like that. You know, like we don't ever let the dog in the backyard because the dog might run away. Maybe a dog did run away. Like it's just stuff like that where it's like that kind of generational aspect of not even OCD, but anxiety um, of any kind. I think it's very easy for those kind of behaviors to be passed down from parent to child, grandparent to child, you know, anything like that. Uh, Siblings, across siblings as well, because, you know, those are some of your closest peers um, during points of your life. So, you know, you're learning from them. Like, and I think, I mean, even teachers too, probably. I, I don't know, like, you know, just foundational adults in your life, if they, you know, aren't in a healthy mindset, that's, that's gonna be, that's gonna transfer somehow. It might not always transfer as the exact same things, but it's going to transfer in some capacity. Don't, you know, I mean, I don't think that's very far-fetched to, to think that that is how generational trauma occurs. I mean, that's like the definition of it. Well, I think about it a lot and I've thought about it for years, but I just didn't really accept it as a, as a strong theory. But I think having been diagnosed with autism really does help that. And I mean, I just, every time we come on here and like, you know, I say I am autistic, I am hyperactive, I have OCD. (laughs) Every time I say that, I'm just like, something just doesn't feel like it fits right, you know, because I feel like I should be able to say like, you know, I am OCD, you know, but it doesn't, that doesn't feel right. And I don't, I think it's because I don't have OCD. (laughs) I think it's because I have learned slash didn't have skills to dismiss thoughts, just intrusive thoughts. And I, I, I learned how to habitualize in a sense. And like, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. And it has, it's not like it's, I'm not saying it, it, it's in a, necessarily uh, an expression of autism. I'm just saying, like, I'm a very sensitive person. And I feel like I'm, I'm therefore very susceptible to learning that kind of behavior, to cope with that in that way. Um, that's what I meant by it. And um, oh, I have one more thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I almost, when I was writing, I almost felt, I almost, I just kind of feel like, I can learn this <laughs> and and maybe I would never say like okay like I mean if someone asked me if I'm I have OCD say I did stop having these compulsions like if if someone then said do you have OCD I don't know what I I wouldn't be able to give them a yes or no answer because I I, I would have fell under the, the OCD criteria you know but like I said criteria diagnoses cast a wide net and things can manifest very similar in very similar ways but not be caused by the same thing yeah i mean i don't really know that much about the treatment of of like just ocd like 
from my understanding, like, the therapy is kind of aimed towards that. Just, like, learning how to, like, accept the intrusive thoughts and just, like, be okay with it. Like, you know, and then just be like, okay, moving on. Um, Or just, like, learning how to not feel anxious from those thoughts, I guess, is, like, the aim of the therapy. And I don't even know, like, is there even, like, medication to, like, just stop like how do you even stop having intrusive thoughts like everybody has intrusive thoughts so like is the anxiety is it just anxiety medication like what how do you take medication to stop having thoughts i was gonna say something i i really just forgot it but um it was it did partially it answered your first part of the question but um oh yeah well the first thing i just want to say is um that okay like they do try to help you build those skills that i'm referring to and that helps but in the same way they tell you you have ocd you're never getting over this (laughs) and like i mean they tell you that and they 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 make they don't know what causes it so they're not they're never hopeful for you in any way you know and i don't mean like you know you have to get rid of it i'm just saying like they're not hopeful that you won't always struggle with it you know or you know they think that you always will struggle with it to some extent and it's like not reassuring and um in that case like i you learn some skills but you don't learn them in the right context i feel like you know because if you just took the thoughts for what they were not knowing not thinking like this is some terminal sort of behavior like i i feel like um, the, the tools would work a lot better, you know? And to answer your question about how they treat OCD, like, um, the big thing is like exposure therapy and they just expose you to, um, things that revolve around your thoughts, make you break, um, make you break the cycle often by like doing the opposite of what your thought tells you to do or, or something, you know? And I, it can be very successful and to some extent it's helped me but also um again like I feel like that's not really what I needed in a sense um and then you can also take medication and you take like anxiety medication typically um which isn't made for treatment of OCD it's just has been shown to help people with OCD that is partly because they also have anxiety (laughs) And some people also describe, like, it makes the thoughts less sticky, meaning, like, um, they, when you, they just kind of go in and out of your mind more. You don't have that compulsive reaction as much. That is option B, so. Yeah, I mean, because, like, my understanding of OCD as somebody that doesn't have it, but it's just, to me, as some, like, an outsider, it kind of just appears as an anxiety disorder like it's it's a it's a manifestation of anxiety um in us to a certain degree like it the the part that you're struggling with is having anxiety from these thoughts it's a a manifestation of it of anxiety just like in autism a manifestation might be becoming nonverbal in certain situations That's that's kind of like how I perceive it as somebody that doesn't struggle with those kinds of things. Um, 
but that is just kind of like to me how I kind of thought of it like you're placed in a situation and your mind body instead of working together productively to combat the anxiety it kind of manifests as this kind of um disorder I guess um yeah I would also though it's also like I mean, the cycle is crucial to, like, OCD's footprint and the obsession, you know. That's what the obsession is, this, this, this cycle of thoughts or the same thought. And, um, I mean, they create the anxiety. And I, I there you should, I mean, the thoughts are bad. Like, they always cause discomfort, you know. That's what an intrusive thought is. It's, it's the inability to um, let it to to break the obsession you know right i just be clear i'm not saying that like it's stemming from anxiety i'm saying that it's like creating the anxiety so that's kind of how it's an anxiety disorder but like i was thinking just the other day i was thinking because i like hold small animals at work and i know you do not like holding small animals because you will have intrusive thoughts about like uh, like squeezing them you know and like that's what you told me but you didn't you were scared of squeezing it you're scared of hurting it but you were having like you just don't like holding small animals you never do you don't hold bugs um anything you don't do it and like i hold small animals all the time at work and i hold them and i'm like wow like i'm a human that could literally just like crush it right now like i think those thoughts too like i could so easily just kill this thing and then i'm like okay like that's a thought. It is. Like, I think probably everybody in the world thinks that. Like, wow. The, like, humanity, like, the ability that I have to just, like, end this thing's life right now because I'm that much stronger than it is, like, a thought that I guarantee you every single person on this world has had when they're, like, holding a bug. And then I just think, like, that's crazy. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't sit there and then think, get anxious and be like, oh my god, am I a bad person because I just thought about killing this bug? You know what I mean? Like, that kind of cycle of being, like, and that kind of, like, that that's almost like a self-critic, an inner self-critic of, like, am I a bad person because I just thought that? Like, am I, um, like, no, I, I don't think that. Um, and I don't develop any anxiety from, like, thinking, like, oh, well, wait a minute, like, should I have thought that? Like, is it okay to think things like that? Like, no, I'm just like, wow, what a, what a ride just like have that much power um but whatever like I don't you know what I mean so I think like I know that you don't hold small animals because you're afraid of hurting them and squeezing them and whatever um but I think also literally every other person in the entire world holds a small animal and thinks to themselves like wow that's crazy that like I could just like with one squeeze dead not gonna do it because that would be like not nice (laughs) like but yeah like I don't know so that's I think an example of what I'm trying to say of like how it kind of becomes an anxiety type thing um versus not and just being like wow what a crazy thought it's true how crazy like you know what I mean like I don't know yeah well I mean Many of my thoughts have no basis in reality. But for that one that you're referring to right now, like, I mean, I'm scared of accidentally hurting them because I'm clumsy too. But, you know, if I did have a thought like that, and I prob- I know I, I have, like, that thought's extremely overwhelming. 
because <laughs> to me, like squishing that bug would be absolutely devastating to me. Um, also, I work with kids that also hold the bugs. L- you, the amount of bugs that get squished and die every single day at work, you you would not be able to handle it. And it's just like, to me, I'm like, oh, dang, he squished that bug. R.I.P. that bug. Like, well, but then I'm like, well, a bird's going to come eat it. And like that bird's going to go feed it to its baby. So, you know, circle of life. And that's what we tell the kids. Like they'll accidentally squish a bug and they'll be like, oh, no, did that bee die? And I'm like, probably, but it's okay because something else is going to eat it. And then that thing's going to go feed something else. And then, you know, that's just how life works. Like we're part of the food chain. We kill things. Um, and they go feed other things and we go feed other things and that's just how it works, you know? And they're like, okay, cool. (laughs) And it's like, you know, it's just like, it's kind of like, yeah, that's a little bummer that, you know, that bug died, but it was going to die somehow, some other way. And, you know, evolution has led to enough bees to be squashed by young children that there aren't enough to survive. (laughs) So I have I avoid stepping on ants when I walk up the sidewalk. So <laughs> and I stop walking if there's too many. But that's the thing. This is what I don't understand with you because ants literally you can step on them and they don't die. They don't even get hurt. Like bugs, insects have an exoskeleton. You cannot like it's so hard to squash them. You can't do it. They're designed so that they're not squashed. So that's what I don't understand when you're like but what if I squash the ant? I'm like, you can't squash the ant. Like, you literally can't squash it. I mean, if you, like, stepped and then, like, really, like, you know, wiggled your foot around and, like, mashed into the ground, sure. It would probably die. But if you just, like, walk, it's not going to die. It's designed to not die. So, that's what, that's just what I don't understand. Like, I, I know you say that it's, like, not based in reality or any sort of factuality. You know, but, like, when you talk about holding bugs or, like, when there's, like, a bug in the house, I'm like, Austin, you gotta get this bug. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't disrupt it. And I'm like, and you, like, can't catch it with, like, a cup and just, like, let it go because you're scared of, like, squashing a leg. And I'm like, their legs are designed for them to lose one and they can still live. Like, the whole premise of this bug is that if you hurt it, it's still gonna live. Um, so I know, like you said, your thoughts aren't necessarily based in reality, but I just think to myself, I'm like, it's, you're not, like, you need, I feel like as not a professional or anyone with any struggle with this, but it's like, you just need to remind yourself, like, oh yeah, I literally can't hurt it, so like, might as well just do it, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I think when I'm trying to catch the bug or like, I grabbed a spider the other day on accident when I was in the garden and I was like, (laughs) it was in my hand and I was like um like I kind of smushed it and then I dropped it and I was like oh well I didn't hurt him because it's a spider and like I know I didn't hurt him you know or a crawfish which I was holding the other day too and it had like it was like in the process of regrowing one of its claws and the kids were like why is one claw so much smaller and I was like because something ate it and now it's regrowing it because it's cool like that and it's designed to rebuild its body parts if one falls off. And like, so when I'm holding something and like, oops, a leg broke, oops, or like something like that. And I'm like, oh, well, 
it's gonna survive because I know that it's designed to. So that's just what I tell myself. And then I'm like, well, I'm making it stronger. Yeah, I just want to clarify that when I don't step on ants, that's not because I have an OCD thought to tell me not to step on the ants. I don't want to step on them. I feel bad. But I know you're saying they don't get hurt, and I believe you. I'm just saying. Now, I am going to say, if I did squash a bug, and I did have an OCD thought, which is likely, but not always the case, um, you know, this is when it's not based in reality. So let's say I squashed that bug. Now I could, I could become a murderer, like, of anything, not just bugs. I'm just like, what the heck? Like, that's what I mean, like, not based in reality. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, and they're always the absolute max extreme. And um, be, it, it's all about, the. I mean, the thoughts. I You know, I was thinking, like, what is the commonality in all my thoughts? There isn't a commonality other than they're maximized to cause discomfort (laughs) and i it's not like my brain's manufacturing the worst thoughts possible it's just that the ones that get stuck are the worst ones because they're the hardest ones to get past yeah i mean i think like i said i think everybody has those thoughts (laughs) like i've also (laughs) not necessarily in that linear of like a sequencing of events but like i've also thought like (laughs) i don't want to say like i've thought about killing people (laughs) before but like I thought, like, I don't know, knives are really sharp. Like, I could very easily see that just, like, cha-ching, like, into a person's body. Like, that would be crazy. How wild would that be? Well, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to find out. But, like, kind of a crazy thought. I don't know. Like, that's maybe that's the difference. Because when I have crazy thoughts like that, like, it'd kind of be easy to kill somebody. Like, I have thoughts like that. And then I'm like, I don't like beat myself up about it, though. I'm like, that's a crazy thought. Like, I'm not like, up. it doesn't upset me. I'm more just like, wow, like, how crazy would that be? Wild. Too bad. Or I guess, I mean, I don't know. Too bad I'm never going to do it. Never going to find out because like, I'm not a murderer. Like, you know what I mean? So it's not like it's not upsetting to me to think like like I don't think lesser of myself or like that I am a bad person like you know that kind of inner critic doesn't like start attacking me because I'm just like well I mean it's a thought and it's a fascinating one but never gonna find out which is fine. (laughs) We have to wrap this up pretty soon because it's getting long but this is a really good example for me to explain something is like again you chose option a you thought it was just crazy and you let it go okay option b and this is how it's different and this is what i'm saying like people describe at least from what i understand what ocd is they didn't they don't have that reaction there's this compulsive reaction which maybe they've learned or i don't know how it came about who knows where maybe they touch something Maybe they think something in their head. Maybe they imagine some, a picture of something, which is usually what I do, is I have to imagine something. The anxiety goes away for a split second. But the thing is, is that performing that habit to get rid of that thought kind of gives the thought some sort of power. Then the next one comes because you're already a little anxious. And then you do the same thing, more anxiety. And that, you know, there it is. So... What I'm saying is I think I think ultimately like I've learned this behavior and I think I can break it. 
I just don't think I've ever been able to because I've never accepted that as a possibility. Well, that's definitely a new way that I've never heard you think about it. And, you know, maybe it has some validity to it and it'll be like a little experiment and we can let our listeners know. I mean, I also just want to like disclaimer, we're just saying for Austin. Um, I mean, you just kind of clarified it, but every time I said OCD, I was not referring to the OCD of anybody else, but rather what doctors and what I have described as what I struggle with and what we have called OCD. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing on YouTube or following us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. See you next week.